three, two, one. <clears throat> Are we on? Have we started? I gotta write a couple things down here. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm writing, writing a script here. Hold on. No, I don't, I don't type. Type now. I write, you know, pen and paper. Hold on. There we go. Okay, I think I'm ready. Three, two, one. Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and on this track I have something for you that is very different. It is another, but different, very different, adventures of the one and only World War I U.S. Army pilot, Captain Jim Albright. You know, they were going to call the show The Jim Albright Show, but that simply was not going to interest child radio listeners or their moms or pops either. So the producers got together at a little party and they kind of came up with with a new name for the show. They were trying to anyway. Uh, High Flying Jim was one of them that somebody called out. How about Biplane Bobby? Uh, That didn't sound too good. Late Night Lou. No, no. Sabotage Sam. Well, that, that, that could be. Secret Squadron Steve. Oh, that's not bad either. They brainstormed well into the night, and one of the producers said to Captain Albright, Gee, it's getting kind of late. Nearly midnight, Captain. Uh, I gotta go home and let the dog out. Nearly midnight, Captain. Nearly midnight, Captain. Another member of the production staff jumped up and said, I've got it! I've got the name of the new show. Are you ready for this? Everyone paid attention. I think we should call this show Midnight Captain. There was total silence. You could almost hear the crickets. Captain Albright, who was a little hard of hearing because of the loud sounds of the engine and the 45mm Gatlin gun that he was firing on his biplane over France in the First World War, said, Midnight what? And the staff member yelled back, Captain! Midnight! And someone yelled, Genius! Captain Midnight! Captain Midnight! In 1938, the premiere show featured Albright as a private pilot who helped people, but things changed in 1940. There was war going on in Europe. The show was then sponsored by Ovaltine, and the original story explained how Albright was recruited to head the Secret Squadron, an aviation paramilitary organization put together to fight sabotage and espionage during the period prior to the United States' entry into World War II after December 7th of 1941. Once the U.S. was into World War II, the show shifted the Secret Squadron's duties to fight the more unconventional aspects of war, and they needed villains direct from the casting studio, like Ivan Shark, Axis villains like Baron von Karp, Admiral Himikito, and General von Schecker. The Secret Squadron's duties then took them outside the continental United States to adventures in Europe, South America, the Pacific, and continental Asia. 
On this track, you're going to hear two back-to-back episodes from December 22, 1939 and December 25, 1939. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. The title of the first episode is The Room, and the second is The Trap. So put on your parachutes, push your biplane out of the barn, fuel it up, tie a couple of bombs, one on each wing, and make sure the rope reaches into the cockpit so that you can untie the bombs over the enemy's land. And then load up the Gatling gun with a few belts of bullets and make sure that the timing on the gun fire is correct so that you won't shoot your propeller off and crash the plane. And remember, the show is called Captain Midnight. Okay, let's go on an adventure. My name is John Lovering and I thank you for listening to Midnight Captain. I mean, Captain Midnight on Heirloom Radio. Much appreciated. Company presents Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you five times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. Skelly, as you know, was the originator of tailor-made gasoline. Good old Skelly Aromax, the gasoline that's weather right for your car. And now, attention, members of Captain Midnight's new 1940 flight patrol. Listen, how many of you fellas and girls are getting together with your mothers to figure out an unusual Christmas present for Dad? Well, if you haven't thought of it before, don't you think it's a swell idea? A special Christmas present to Dad from Mother and you. Wouldn't you like to do that? Well, listen, you talk it over with Mother tonight. And in the meantime, here's a couple of mighty swell ideas you can use when you're picking up that present for Dad. Your Skelly Man has several fine auto accessories that make wonderful gifts for every man who drives a car. Now, Dad probably spends a good deal of his time in that car of his, and anything you can get him to make driving safer and pleasanter and less fatiguing would certainly make a good Christmas present, wouldn't it? How about a nice warm heater to keep Dad warm on long winter drives? Well, your Skelly Man has some swell automobile heaters. Why don't you and Mother stop by and see them tonight? Or maybe Dad's car needs a new battery. Well, talk it over with your Skelly Man, and he'll be able to give you just exactly the kind of battery that Dad should have for lasting, trouble-free service. Another thing every car owner should have is a good flashlight. And better still, it should be carried on a clip right under the steering wheel. Does your Dad have one? Well, you just ask your Skelly Man to show you his new Copperlite automobile flashlights that mount on the steering post. Say he can show you lots of things that'll make Dad or Uncle Joe or Cousin Jim or any other car owner a mighty fine Christmas gift. But we're thinking about Dad especially right now. So why don't you and Mother stop over at your Skelly service station tonight and pick out a nice big Christmas present for Dad. And now to Captain Midnight. 
In one part of the old Aztec temple, Ivan Shark and his daughter Fury are waiting to lure Captain Midnight into their power. But somewhere in the temple, unknown to Ivan Shark, are the two villains, Lutro and Von Griff. As our scene opens now, it is approaching the middle of the night. Rain is still pouring down, although the worst of the storm has passed. Captain Midnight, Chuck Ramsey, and Senor Pareda are talking together in low tones near the door of the room which shelters Ma and Patsy Donovan. Listen as Chuck asks. Captain, do you really think we can get out of this temple safely and get Ma and Patsy and the boys out too? We men can probably shoot our way out, but when the ladies here, it's going to be... See, me, Captain. Shark's men are probably getting ready to close yes, in. Yes, yes, I know, I know. The Von Griffin and Lutro still have to be attended to. We'll have to outsmart them. But this storm has caused a bad delay. Listen to that rain come down. Did you hear that waterfall? It's louder than it's ever been before. I have never seen so much water come down before me, amigos. Not even when I was a boy do I remember anything like it. Yes, there's a tremendous amount of water coming down there, all right. I don't like it. The current is undermining the side of the temple. We don't know when everything might cave in. Oh, my Capitan, that would be terrible. Me, Dolores, I would lose her again. Oh, no, I, I don't think the cave-in would extend that far back, Senor. But I've been watching very carefully for any cracks to appear. None have yet. Gee, do you think we ought to move the women to another room? No, Chuck, no, not yet. I wouldn't like to disturb Mrs. Donovan now if we can help it. My pobre Dolores, she's asleep too, and she needs to sleep so much. But what's the rest of your plan, Captain Midnight? Now, as soon as the danger from the storm and the water are gone, I'm going to ask Senor Pareda to gather his men together. We'll divide ourselves into three groups of six men each, and we'll give the temple another thorough search. Shall I warn my men to be ready, Senor? No, let them rest a little while longer. We'll remain here and watch, and when I think the time is ready, I'll have you call them. Above the water chamber, in a murky passageway, two men are crouched, talking in whispers. They are Lutro and Von Griff, for whom Captain Midnight and Chuck Ramsey searched unsuccessfully. Let's listen as Von Griff speaks. We must be careful, Lutro. I am sure I saw two people in the passageway below. Yes, Von Griff, there was someone there, but I think they are Captain Midnight's group. Uh, I do not think so. They would not be prowling around at this time of night. We gave them the slip this afternoon. I do not think they will continue to search now. Be quiet, mi amigo. I think I hear the sound. Huh? All you hear is that waterfall. No, it, it was something else. Be quiet. There is someone below us. You're right, Lutro. There is someone below. Be careful, mi amigo. They are coming off the stairs. Is everything clear then, Fury? Yes, Ivan, I understand perfectly. It will be most important for you to be sure of the 15 minutes interval. I realize that, Ivan. Your life will depend upon it. After Captain Midnight enters the water chamber, I am to close the door and open the water valve. Exactly 15 minutes later, I am to open the door again. Then, as soon as I hear your voice, I am to close it. Is that correct? Yes, that is exactly what you must do. Now everything is ready. I shall descend to the water chamber and fire several shots, crying for help at the same time. Captain Midnight should come to investigate. And when you hear him enter the chamber, you will close the door and open the water bell. Yes, Ivan. I am ready. I will descend now. Remember, Fury, my life is in your hands. So follow my instructions exactly. Did you hear that? See me, amigo. Come this way. 
I don't think she can hear us now. Yeah, my dear Von Grief, this grows more interesting every minute. Uh, the man, his voice sounded different, but he must be Ivan Shark. Yes, you are right. The girl is Fury Shark, his daughter. She's as big a fiend as he is. Now listen carefully, Senor Luthor. Ivan Shark has planned something for his use that we will take advantage of instead. So, mi amigo, ah, tell me what you have in mind. Now listen carefully, then, and I will tell you. If Captain Midnight comes, this is what I... All right, Senor Pareto. All right, Chuck. Come on, the storm is lessened. Are we going to make the search now? Yes, and this is going to be a good one. Come down this passageway while I explain my plan. See me, Capitan. We follow you. Now, Senor Pareto has 15 men. But the three of us, that makes 18. We'll divide into three groups of six each. I'll take one, Senor Pareto the second, and you, Chuck, the third. Listen! Listen to that! What is that, me, Capitan? Sounds to me as if something has happened to Von Griffin Luthor. We'd better look into this. Oh, me, Capitan, what shall we do? Listen, Senor Pareto, you gather your men and protect the women. Send Pablo for Pinky and Slim and have them join you, too. Hold the door to that room at the cost of your lives. See me, Capitan, but you... Chuck and I are going to see what's happened. Now, don't worry about us. We'll be back in just a little while. See me, Capitan, but you must be careful. All right, come on, Chuck, come on. Okay, right with you, Captain. Come on, come on, Chuck, run for it. Here, take my flashlight. You can see better. Okay, Chuck, thanks. It sounded as if it came from straight ahead. Yes. Yes, you're right. There it is again. It sounds as if someone was getting killed. We'll find out in a jiffy. Well, look, there's a stairway ahead. Wait a minute, hold it now, hold it. Don't take any chances. Wait till I shine this flashlight down there. I don't see anything. Huh. If anything happens, remember the way back now. I'll remember. All right. I'm down these steps. Okay. Right behind you. Easy now. Ah. It sounded as though those cries came from right around here. That's what I thought, too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it a second, Chuck. Hold it. What's up? What do you see? I don't see anything yet. Here. Get your gun out quick. Okay. Look. Look at that floor. It's wet. But somebody's been walking on it. Well, your light's on one of the footprints right now. Yes, it is. Seems to point toward that door in the rock wall. Well, I shall light that way. I'll do that. Huh. Looks like a big stone door. Gosh. It's damp down here. Look how wet everything is. Why, even the walls and ceiling. Yes, I'm noticing that. I think we're below the level of the river. Wait a minute. Listen to that. It sounds like a current of water not very far away. Yes. The river should be just on the outside of these walls. If anybody came down here, they must have gone through that opening. Yes. All right. We're going to look into that. Stand aside and I'll throw the beam of my light in there. Gosh. It's a long, narrow room. The floor's awfully wet. Why? It even has mud and slime on it. Do you see anything else? No, except that I see footprints inside. Now, remember, we can't see all of the room from here. Maybe. Maybe there's someone lying dead in there. We're going to find out, Chuck. Alana, get your gun ready. Who's in there? Who's in there? I don't think anyone is. All right, Chuck, we're going in. You stay behind me now. Oh, look. Look. There's something in that corner. Yes, I see Looks like a man kneeling with his face against the wall. What? Come on, we're going to look into this. He's got something over his head. Come on, let's step forward, Chuck. Wait a minute, hold it. This is far enough. Listen, whoever you are. Come on, get up. Look, he's getting up. But he keeps his face to the wall. There, he's turning. Blazing beacons, it's... It's Ivan Shark. <laughs> My dear Captain Midnight, how nice of you to pay me this visit. 
I am very glad. All right, get your hands up, Ivan Shark. I'm the one that's glad to see you. Why, certainly, Captain Midnight. Anything to oblige you. As you see, my hands are high in the air. And if you care to examine me, you will find that I am unarmed. Just a minute. Stand where you are. Don't move. Shall I see if he's got a gun? Yes, Chuck, while I keep him covered. Go on. This is the moment we've been waiting for. All right, what do you find, Chuck? He's got a pistol in his shoulder holster. I knew it. He never told the truth in his life. All right, take that pistol and come back here. I've got it. Now then, Shark, what's the idea? You evidently planned this little meeting. If you did, it's not turning out the way you expected. I would not be too sure of that, Captain Midnight. Something about this I don't like, Chuck. Watch that door behind us. All right, Shark. Come on now, step forward and keep those hands in the air. Why, certainly, Captain Midnight. This is one time it looks as if I will have to obey orders. Quick, Captain Midnight. Turn your light this way. Don't move, Shark. What's the matter, Chuck? The door. The stone door we came through. It's closing on us. It's closed. Well, Captain Midnight has fallen into the fiendish trap laid for him by Ivan Shark. But there is one thing that Ivan Shark does not know, and that is the presence in the temple of the Roughnecks, Lutro, and Von Griff. A thrilling climax is ahead. Don't miss it. Tune in next Monday to Captain Midnight. Now remember that swell gift idea for Dad. Skelly Auto Accessories for Christmas. Let your Skelly man help you and Mother pick out a practical gift from Skelly's wonderful line of quality auto accessories. Something that Dad will really appreciate getting for Christmas. Something he'll use for months to come. And think of you every time he uses it. Something, too, that will make driving safer and pleasanter and easier for good old Dad. And remember this, too. When you and Mother stop over at your Skelly service station to see those other accessories, you can also take a look at those swell new Captain Midnight bicycle tires. Boy, oh boy, are they beauties. The clincher balloons are all black, black as midnight. And the single tube type have black treads and white sidewalls. And both kinds have the name Captain Midnight in big raised letters along the side. Say, you'll surely want to see the swell Captain Midnight bicycle tires at your Skelly service station. And we hope Santa Claus is listening in so he won't forget to stop in and talk with your Skelly man about these special new tires that have been made especially for members of Captain Midnight's new 1940 flight patrol. Now, don't forget to tune in again Monday, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight, brought to you by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Joppers and Dealers. What will Von Griff and Lutro do in their efforts to put both Captain Midnight and Shark out of the way? A thrilling climax to this great struggle is just ahead. Be sure to listen Monday. Until then, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and happy landing! Skelly Oil Company presents 
Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you five times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Joppers and Dealers. So this is Christmas. Yes, sir. The big day is here. And believe it or not, fellows and girls, this is one day your friend Don Gordon is going to take a rest. I'm just here this afternoon to wish all you Flight Patrol members and your friends and relatives a mighty Merry Christmas evening. Hey, but wait a minute. Wait, wait. What's this? Why, say, it's a special delivery letter. A great, big, important-looking letter marked personal, and it's addressed to you. And say, I see up here in the corner that this letter is from a man who has a lot of genuine affection for every member of Captain Midnight's Flight Patrol. Because this letter is from Mr. W.G. Skelly himself, the founder and president of the Skelly Oil Company. And it's addressed to you, so, well, let's read it, shall we? Here, I'll open it. All right, here's Mr. Skelly's letter. Dear Flight Patrol members and friends of Captain Midnight everywhere, this is a letter with a double purpose. First, of course, is to wish you all a Merry Christmas. But there's another reason. It's to tell you how happy and proud we are to have you as members of Captain Midnight's famous flight patrol. We're proud that you're interested in joining a club like this, an organization that is dedicated to the upbuilding of America's future on land and in the air through its young people, the future leaders of our nation. We hope this program is giving you entertainment, lots of it. But also, we hope it's teaching you many things about aviation, about clean, courageous living, about patriotism, about facing danger in the cause of right. If this program is helping in some measure to do that, I feel that Captain Midnight has been, in every way, a grand success. And now, in saying goodbye, let me wish you, for myself, and for skilly men everywhere, the merriest kind of a Christmas and the happiest of all New Year's. Well, say thank you for that fine letter, Mr. Skelly. I'm sure I'm speaking for every single Flight Patrol member listening in today when I say the same to you, Mr. Skelly, and many of them. And now to Captain Midnight. The famous pilot and Chuck Ramsey have fallen into the trap laid by Ivan Shark. They are in the water dungeon of the old Aztec temple, below the river level, a death chamber devised by cunning Aztec kings of centuries ago. Ivan Shark is in the chamber with them, but he has arranged with his daughter Fury for a way of escape for himself, leaving Captain Midnight and Chuck inside. Ivan Shark's hands are still in the air as Captain Midnight covers him. Chuck has just discovered that the massive stone door through which they entered has closed. Listen as Shark says. What are you doing, Captain Midnight? This is some trick of yours. That stone door suddenly closed. All right, Shark, don't try to fool me with that kind of talk. I couldn't push that door open. Look, on the floor, there's water running over it. What is this? What are you doing, Captain Midnight? Uh, Shark does like frightened, Chuck. Evidently, his plans have misfired. All right, now you watch him while I look around. Okay, I'll keep him covered. You have planned this, Captain Midnight. But it won't work. You will be trapped, too. The water. The water, it is flooding the chamber. And that door is closed. All right, never mind that. Come here, both of you. All right, now watch him, Chuck. You bet I will. You will answer to me, Captain Midnight. You will tell me what this is. Yeah, it's as if you don't know. Wait. Throw the light in that far corner there, Chuck. 
Jiminy crickets. There's a small circular hole, and water's shooting through it. It's the end, I tell you. We are all lost. Lost. Quick, Chuck. Come here. To the door, quick. What are you going to do? The door will not move. Ramsey tried it already. Come on, Chuck. Both of us together now. Push, push. Harder. Don't move. We are lost, I tell you. This is the end. Oh, gosh. This water's up over my shoes already. All right, now you listen to me, Ivan Shark. This is no surprise to you, because you got us in here by a trick. That's a lie, Captain Midnight. I was on business of my own down here, and you interrupted me. The parade of treasure? Yes. Yes, if you must know it. I was looking for the parade of treasure. Yes, but what about those shots and your yelling? Oh, no, no, it won't go, Shark. I know you too well. You planned to get us into this room, and you know the way out. Somewhere near us, there's a hidden control that'll open that door. I am telling the truth, Captain Midnight. If there is some means of opening that door, I do not know what it is. You're not fooling us, Shark. You plan to escape from this room and leave us in here. But I tell you, it won't work. We are armed and you're not. If Chuck and I are to die in this hole, you'll die with us. Because you'll never get out of here alive, maybe you get that? Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe something's happened that he didn't expect. Oh, Captain, we've got to do something. and We've got to do it quick. The water's over our ankles. <laughs> now, what's the joke? Ah, the humor of this situation has suddenly dawned upon me. We have been bitter enemies for years. You have devoted your life to my extermination. And now, now just when success was to crown your lifelong efforts, everything is washed out and you and I stand upon an equal footing, trapped in an underground chamber beneath an ancient Aztec temple. Oh, quit talking. Let's do something to get out of here. Nothing we can do, Ramsey, will get us out of here. What I was about to tell you, Ramsey, is this. Because there is one power in the world which recognizes neither youth nor age, wealth nor poverty. And that power, Ramsey, is the power of life and death. What's he getting at, Captain Midnight? What does he mean? Does he really mean we're going to... Yes, Ramsey, I mean exactly that. We, the three of us, are about to die. And what makes you so certain that we are all to die? I will tell you why, Captain Midnight. In this moment, I see nothing to be gained by deception. This chamber, as you may suspect, is below the river level. And this room is a water torture chamber. Is he telling the truth? He can't be. Come on now, Chuck. Come on, pull yourself together. Remember what I've always said about keeping your head? I'm sorry. I'll try to keep cool. (laughs) You'll keep cool, my dear Ramsey. You will keep cool all the way into eternity. Don't listen to him, Chuck. He's only trying to scare you. I've heard of chambers like this before, Shark. And I'm quite certain of one thing. You didn't close that stone door yourself. Since you didn't, who did? I do not know, Captain Midnight. And even if I did, what good would it do us now? That door is closed and the water is rising rapidly. Whoever closed it can open it again. Why don't we fire our pistols and shout? Maybe someone will hear us. There is absolutely no chance, Ramsey. Any sound will be drowned by the war of the waterfall. Yes, he's right, Chuck. Look, the water's up to our waist already. Yes, my dear Ramsey. And judging by that, we may have eight, possibly ten minutes to live. Oh, never mind that. Get your gun out, Chuck, and keep Shark covered. I'm going to the other end of the room and find out something. Okay, I'll keep him covered. Are you a good swimmer, Ramsey? Yes, I'm pretty good. Why? Because the ceiling of the room, Ramsey, is about two feet above our head. Soon we will have to start swimming. So what? I am just reviewing what is in store for us. We will finally end up with our noses against the ceiling and less than an inch of airspace. And very soon, even that will be gone. You can't scare me if that's what you're trying to do. It's really a shame, Ramsey. 
that a youth of your unusual promise should have to die so young. As for myself and Captain Midnight, why... Ah, uh, here he comes now. Did you find out anything, Captain Midnight? Never mind, I'll tell you later, Chuck. <laughs> As always, the brave Captain Midnight will not give up. But this is one time you will have to. Yes, the conclusion of a famous career comes to an end in this slimy, gurgling hole in Mexico. Does that not shame you, Captain Midnight? Your star should have set high in the sky in a final blazing meteor of doom, a glowing, sensational death that would be a fitting climax, a final exit worthy of you, instead of an ignominious death like a rat. I'm certainly indebted to you for these splendid tributes. Yes, and the fact that you make such long speeches at a time like this only proves that... The water, the water, it's still rising. Yes, my dear Ramsey, it is above our waists. And before long, yes, let me look at my watch. Yes, before long, it will be over our heads. <laughs> ah, what a singular coincidence. You are called Captain Midnight because of the sensational feats of bravery you have accomplished, many of them at this hour of the night. We are approaching the hour of 12. And you, you are approaching your final exploit. <laughs> you seem to think it's very funny. But don't forget that what happens to us happens to you, too. Oh, no, my dear Ramsey. I do not forget that at all. But I have a flair for the drama, Ramsey. There is nothing dramatic in the death of the criminal Ivan Shock. But think of the pathos of the miserable death of the famous Captain Midnight. All right, never mind all that. Come here. Step to your right, Shark. I want you further from that door. Certainly, my dear Captain. Anything to please you. Well, that's better. Come over near the door, Chuck. I've got something to tell you. A little secret conference, is that it? A very nice thing to have, but totally unproductive, I can assure you. A little more here. All right. This is far enough now, Chuck. Have you found out anything? I know. Listen, Chuck, and listen carefully. I'm listening. I'm convinced Shark is putting on an act. He doesn't expect to die. He has an escape figured out for himself. There's something else I noticed. He keeps looking at his watch. Yes, I noticed that too. He evidently expects something to happen at a certain time. Well, well what are we going to do? You listen to me and listen carefully. Keep him covered with the flashlight, just as I'm doing now. That's it. Did you find out anything when you went to the other end of the room? Yes, Chuck, yes. Now, listen. Time is getting short. This water's getting higher. Whatever I tell you to do, either aloud or in a whisper, you do it and do it at once. You bet I will. I'm still positive Shark has arranged all this, that he's planned a way of escape, leaving us in here to die. So we've got to watch him every single second. Come on now. We'll go back toward him. But don't get too close. Well, as a resource for Captain Midnight found a way out, he'd better hurry if he has. No, not yet. But I know you have. Listen, Captain Midnight. I've just thought of something. Since Sharp didn't close that door, perhaps some of his own men did. To get rid of Ivan Sharp. Maybe, maybe Von Griff. Von Griff? Well, that's possible, Chuck. Von Griff? What do you know about Von Griff? Well, Chuck... Maybe you made a good guess. What do you know of Von Griff? You, you do not even know him. We had a very interesting conversation with Von Griff the other night. He told us he used to be your chief pilot, but that he isn't any longer. Maybe Ivan Sharp knows Von Griff's friend, Senor Lutro. Lutro? You know him also? Yes. And perhaps you'd be interested in knowing that Von Griff and Lutro are in this temple right now. No. No, it is not true. You're lying. You are. Now I know the truth. I am lost. I'm lost. We're all lost. All of us. All of us are lost. 
Well, Captain Midnight was right. Ivan Shark had planned his own escape, but the sudden realization has come to him that Von Griff and Lutro may have thwarted his plans. But with him are Captain Midnight and Chuck. If the massive door does not open when the 15 minutes are up, what will happen? Tune in tomorrow to Captain Midnight. Say, things surely are mighty tense right now for Captain Midnight and his friends, but uh, after all, this is Christmas, and they do want you to know they're all right and that they're wishing you the best holiday season offers. Yes, every last one of them asked me to tell you Merry Christmas. Not only Captain Midnight himself, but Chuck Ramsey, Patsy Donovan, Ma Donovan, Pablo, Dolores, Senor Pareda, every member of Captain Midnight's brave party sends you their warmest Christmas greetings. As Pablo would say, well, here, come on, uh, Pablo, say it yourself. Okay, Senor Gordon. I say the Merry Christmas like we say it in old Mexico, like this. Feliz Pascua de Navidad. I say it again. Feliz Pascua de Navidad. That means Merry Christmas, okay? Yes, sir, Pablo, that's okay. And fellas and girls, that goes for all of us. Feliz Pascua. Feliz Pascua. Oh, well, you know what I mean. Merry Christmas. Now, don't forget to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, for further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight, brought to you by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and Dealers. Until tomorrow, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and Merry Christmas! (laughs) 